Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. The world. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley sports fans. Welcome to the the beginning of another new week. Hope everybody is doing very well for a Monday. Hi, Vinny. What's up, Vic? Uh, Vinny and I got to hang out yesterday morning. We played, uh, we took, we didn't take golf lessons. We kind of. Well, I kind of did. You took golf lessons and I played golf. And then we had beers at 9.30 a.m. on a Sunday. What could possibly go wrong? That was, uh, yeah, that was quite fun. That's tremendous. <laughs> yeah, we, oh, we, uh, it was a, we had an excellent morning yesterday. We were, how, was, how was that 3 p.m. hangover? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the 3 p.m. nap? It was, fa- hey. fa- it was fabulous is what that was. Due to the quality of instruction I received yesterday, I have an announcement to make. I'm leaving the show and I'm joining Live the, Golf. Yeah, yeah, they might want you, man. They threw they a lot of money you. at me. No, they I'm might good. want you. They might want you. It's amazing. An hour out of my day, and I learned so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, and to me, I've always said this. If you like golf, you love being at a golf course in the morning as the world kind of comes awake. Mm -hmm. There's just a great, cool energy to it. It's very Caddyshack-like, right? Yeah. Sun is coming up over Bushwood. There's Danny sleeping in a chair because he thinks Maggie is pregnant. You know what I couldn't understand about that? They filmed it in Florida. It was obviously Florida by all of the you know, optics of the movie, yet the movie, for some reason, was set in Nebraska. It didn't make any sense to me. Why Why, they never why even, is it obviously Florida based on I, – I don't think it ever struck me as being a Florida movie. Is there, are there scenes in there that there would say that? There's scenes like in the background where you can see palm trees and stuff, which is you know, not really native okay. to Nebraska. All right. well, why was yeah. it set in Nebraska yeah. anyway? Like, I don't, if I don't if know. It's supposed to be like – it should be like in Connecticut or something if it's like a hoity-toity – well, it's also supposed to be in the middle of nowhere. That's kind of that. Yeah, well, Nebraska had that, Yeah, the Midwest yeah. Uh, Danny Noonan going to school feel to it. You're right. All right, before we get into today's program, the one thing that happened over the weekend that made me stop and realize there are people in this world you want uh, that you do not want as enemies. And it always struck me that Mike Tyson would be a good guy to not have <laughs> as an enemy. And when you saw him say over social media that heads are going to roll based over this new series or biopic or whatever it is that's yeah. going to run on Hulu based on the life of Mike Tyson, don't have an enemy in Mike Tyson. It's unauthorized, so he's not very happy about no. it. And I, I had the same reaction. It's like, on one hand, I'm really interested to watch this. Yeah. On the other hand, it's somebody's going to die. <laughs> Quite literally the scariest dude of my lifetime. Our lifetime. There's nobody right in sports who has been ever been scarier than him. What at the height of his career? Yeah. And just the guy was five foot nine, and walking yeah. into the ring, you're like, he, he, and he's completely a unstable. Yeah. So you never knew you yeah. never knew what you were going to get from that guy. Are you, you going to watch the show though? I don't know. <laughs> well, what doesn't make sense is that like you'd figure 
First of all, he talks about everything in his life. Yes. He's also a little unhinged, so... You know, he doesn't have a very good filter. Mm-hmm. He's Plus, on hinge. Oh, I hope he finds yeah, love. Oh, wait, did I hear that wrong? It appears oh. that he does, you know, need money and does like all kinds of projects. Mm-hmm. You'd think that if they would have asked him to be a part of this project, that he, would he would have, have done, just it. done it. Yeah, yeah, that he would have certainly like, done he doesn't, it. He's not the type of guy that hides a lot about his life yeah. to his detriment sometimes. He's been on the day as a celebrity roast, for goodness sake. Do you have to understand that professional boxers, they, they live lives that are basically in defiance of fear. And to see professional boxers back in that era, the fear that they wore into a ring when they fought Mike Tyson. I'm going to tell you, I've, I've shared this with you before. I was in a, a house that Mike Tyson owned in Vegas once. Don King invited a select amount of media people over pre-fight. I think this might have been Peter McNeely. (laughs) What a classic fight that was. And so we all gathered at Mike Tyson's house in Vegas. and We're all downstairs and Don King is just kibitzing with us and we're just talking and we're all waiting for Mike Tyson to come downstairs. And there was this fear in the room as in, is he going to come down swinging? (laughs) Well, you, you just didn't know. Is he going to come down with fists flying? Or is he going to come down and give everybody hugs? Is, you, right. Yeah, you don't know. And he couldn't have been nicer, but it couldn't have been more weird. <laughs> he came down and said, Here you go, Vander. I'm oh, sorry. Shut up. Jared, <laughs> is that all you're bringing to the show? God, it's going to be another one of these weeks for us? <laughs> Start the show, yes. Ferret. Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, we start the Splash. Of course, the Cardinals held their red and white practice on Saturday. Had a day off yesterday. They're back at it today with an afternoon practice at State Farm Stadium that will run from 1.30 to 3. Big news from the weekend was the return of quarterback Kyler Murray, who had been away from the team after testing positive for COVID-19. He did not practice on Saturday, but should be back at it today in the afternoon session. Uh, Bummer for defensive tackle Kingsley Kiki. He's currently in the COVID-19 protocol. Uh, On Friday, before the red and white scrimmage, or uh, practice, they don't like the word scrimmage, uh, Cardinals placed running backs coach James Saxon on administrative leave after news broke Thursday night that Saxon was arrested in Indianapolis in May on domestic battery charges. Cliff Kingsbury did say that uh, the team knew about it when it happened. He's on leave and that his duties will t- be taken over by offensive assistants Kenny Bell and Don Shumpert. Yeah, the, uh, it's it's stories like this that make you roll your eyes when the NFL seems to be dedicated to finding justice in the case of Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what I was talking about last week. It's, okay, you knew about it, but it wasn't until everybody knew about it that you felt compelled enough to send him away. We're going to get into this. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals getting ready for their preseason opener Friday against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Cleveland Browns running back Kareem Hunt was back at practice on Sunday. He staged a hold-in, then requested a trade, and the Browns said, nope, 
Uh, Hunt wants a new contract. He's headed into the final year of his current deal. He's currently making $1.35 million this season, but that number could exceed $3 million by hitting roster it, bonuses. Not a real strong stance by no, Kareem Hunt. No, it seems to me that this is really poor planning. It seems to me like Kareem Hunt you know, woke up one day and said, hey, a lot of people are getting paid but me, and then called his agent, and his agent's like, dude, we, we missed our window. The window to, to, to make contract plays in the NFL was a few weeks ago. And then they went ahead with it anyway. It, it, this is not the time you do that. No. Nope. <laughs> and then Whatever. the Browns told Weird. him as, as such. D-backs took the rubber game of their three-game series with the Rockies. They won 6-4 Chase Field on Sunday. Broke up a 4-4 tie in the eighth in the most exciting fashion possible. A bases-loaded balk by uh, Colorado's Alex Colomay. And then Sergio Alcantara attacked on another run with a sack fly, which brought home Emmanuel Rivera. Mark Melanson worked the ninth for the save. You heard that correctly. D-backs took two of three from the Rockies. Zach Davies was solid, too. Five scoreless innings while scattering four hits. The Pittsburgh Pirates are in town for a four-game series starting tonight. Zach Gallen on the hill for the D-backs against uh, Pittsburgh's Tyler Beatty. 641st pitch, and you can hear it starting with the pregame at 6 o'clock here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Uh, pretty good weekend for the Diamondbacks. They had the, the big crowd for the Zach Gallen t-shirt giveaway yeah. on Saturday. That's that was a good-looking good. t-shirt, by the It was cool, wasn't yeah, it? I liked it. I liked it, too. Um, and, you know, it, it's always cool when they have giveaways like that, too, on the night the starter doesn't make his scheduled start. <laughs> pitches, yeah, yeah, right. He pitches right, today instead. Right, right. Uh, on the anticipated weekend series between the new-look San Diego Padres and the Los Angeles Ta- Dodgers turned out to be a one-sided affair with the first-place Dodgers taking all three games, including last night's 4 nothing shutout win. L.A. has stretched its lead to 15 and a half games in the National League West over the Padres. They are 15 and three since the All-Star break. 42 games over 500 and have five more wins than any other team in baseball. How's that for encouraging? Now, now the Padres obviously are going to get another boost when Fernando Tatis Jr. rejoins them. But mm-hmm. this was such a – to go and make all those moves and to make all those impact statements and still get swept by the Dodgers, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of declarative. Yeah, they said, you know what, we're not all that concerned about yeah. it. But they're 1-4 since the Soto trade, since he made his debut. So uh, that's the, the – the Dodgers are just, a, again, a machine. 42 games over 500. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yep. Another another fall of rooting for somebody not named them to win the World Series. That's what we're all reduced to. There you go. There's your splash for uh, Monday, August 8th. Coming up, Cardinals, uh, some reflections from the weekend that was on uh, Red and White Practice Day. We'll get into that next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. I think Zach Ertz, second year in the system, full season. I think Hollywood Brown playing in our system, and then I definitely Rondell. I mean, he's he's kind of waited in the wings last year. He was frustrated at times last year with the way I used him, which he should have been, and I understood that. But he's going to get an opportunity to show what he can do. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp takeoff 2022 with Bigley and Murata. We're going to get him loosened up. Uh, obviously, he's been out of commission for five days, kind of sitting around trying to feel better. Uh, so we'll see how he feels. And, and if he does anything, it'll be minimal football-wise. But I know he's going to run and lift and uh, just try and get get rolling again. Uh, we'll see. I want to see how he feels. He may do some indie um, or part of the warm-up, but we'll see. So it's not really back to normal yet, is it? 
Um, yeah, I mean, we, this was anticipated. We didn't want to rush him back out there after five days of not doing anything. So once we knew he had COVID, we set the schedule and uh, just wanted to ease him back in and get him around the guys. And then Monday, I expect him to at least do something. Cliff Kingsbury, after the uh, red and white, or before the red and white practice on uh, Saturday, uh, Kyler Murray did not participate in the practice. He still might have a sore arm, though, Bick, because he spent an hour after the practice signing autographs. Last guy off yeah, the field. Right. And I thought, and I'm not being like hypercritical here. Or, or reading too much into it, I thought that was a really good look for Kyler Murray. Quite I agree. honestly, yeah, I know, I agree. That's uh, that's that's a real good look for him, and that's you know is, is something that that he, if he does more and more of that, that's that can go a real long way in helping kind of tilt the field in his favor, if you will. Uh, what's weird about all of this now is that the Cardinals have had two marquee practices on Saturday, mm-hmm. and both times they elected. To keep Kyler Murray out of the action, um, I was reading Bob McManaman's recount of, of it, and he he said it looked Kyler Murray was in full pads, dressed, looked like he was ready to participate, and then Cliff Kingsbury kind of waved him away along with Hollywood Brown. So maybe that was indeed the plan. But if in in the way I read that story from Saturday, it was almost as if he was you know ready to play if asked. So whatever. I mean, again, it, it's it's this is all much ado about nothing. Yeah, I, I did have that same thought, though. Um, you know, the, the first Saturday, the, the eyebrows were raised because, hey, he's been throwing a lot. We're going to we're going we're gonna to sit yeah, him. We're going to we're going to rest him a little bit. Then the whole covid thing obviously mm-hmm. complicates stuff. Um, you know, it, it's been top to bottom, a strange offseason and a strange <laughs> training camp for the Arizona Cardinals. But. Kyler Murray's at the at the front of that list. Not not yeah. for any like real scandalous reasons, but um, no. just the the handling and the workload. It's and and you mix the COVID in. It's just another item of strangeness for this team. Well, yes, and because it's just it's so weird to hear things in real time, then hear things later, and then try to piece together what is actually going on. For instance, uh, the also the news that Rodney Hudson hasn't been participating all that much, and he's got a knee issue. Okay. Um, it's, there's a lot of stuff like we're not following this team in real time. No. A lot of it is, oh, that, oh, he's been hurt. Oh, okay. And, and a lot of it is just the, the lack of transparency that in which this football team and others choose to uh, conduct themselves. Yep. Uh, Sean Coogler also spoke on Saturday, the offensive line coach on that very subject. And that was the knee condition of Rodney Hudson, who has been, um, he you know, seldomly participated so far in training camp. Here was Kugler on that. No, we're, we're doing it the right way. We're taking our time with this. Uh, you know, I think we learned the hard way last year when, when he went down. Uh, you know, it affected a lot of things due to his leadership, uh, the quality of play that he brings. So uh, we're just trying to be smart about it and make sure that when he does step on the field, he's 100% healthy and he's really worked hard. He's in good shape. So uh, I feel real good about that where, where it's heading. Yeah, I mean... That's the way you have to handle it, especially with a veteran who had, a, again, an eventful offseason uh, by not participating in the mandatory yeah. minicamp and some questions of whether or not he was going to come back and play. Uh, Rodney Hudson's health is very important to the offensive line, to the entire offense, and to the football team. So right. you really don't have a problem with it. And a guy who's been through as many training camps as he's been through, 
you trust in the fact that he knows how to handle the, the workload at this point of the season. Yeah, it, and again, it's it, even when we get to we're going to have an actual preseason football game coming up here shortly, which can you know fill in some gaps and and give us n- different things to talk about. But even then, you have no idea what we're actually watching. And this is to me, this is sort of uh, the slow drip of of training camp that is just it drives me crazy because we're all full of anticipation. We all want. The, the stuff that really matters and now we're just we're slogging through the through the misinformation and the daily grind of it all yes. and yeah yeah it's just well, maybe it both come of our, on. maybe both of our attitudes will change because we're both going out there today well and again I I think that it just we we need to get closer to the, to the starting line just just so it matters yeah I yeah. I agree um, just in terms of regular football storylines, doesn't it seem like there's been a real, uh, you know, just a sprinkling of them compared to other camps? Right. Um, yes and no. I, I think that I think there's some of that. I think there's the fact that there's probably not a ton of positional battles in this camp. I don't know how much positional battles actually go on in training camp anymore anyways. It's also like the yeah, things true. you would want to see so far. Wow. How does Kyler look with Hollywood Brown? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we've been robbed of that the last two weeks when that's what we you know should be talking about. Oh, well, right. he looks great with him out there. Hollywood Brown looks great in the offense. Kyler looks like he's you know ready to go. And then you see you see a great highlight of DeAndre Hopkins making it behind the back catch, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to miss the first six games. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. that'll look great in November. Right, right. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> Whatever it's this is this is just the slog of training camp that I've just always that I've just grown to like less and less. Well, luckily for on. you, we have the, the first preseason game this week. Yeah, well, yeah, it's as we just mentioned. <laughs> that sloggle and that, <laughs> that excitement of it's just a slog in actual uniforms at that the, point. Um, the NBA does it right. The NBA fires it up. You have a couple of uh, preseason games, and then just you're off. Yeah, you know, training camps like two days. That's that's the way to do it. <laughs> Hockey's the same way. Really the way to do it. Um, could you imagine if that happened in football? <laughs> well, like we said, it, it happened. It did it happen. And it was the best football season of my life. It's not like they didn't was... have practice before they started playing, though. They just didn't have preseason games. Yeah, it was great. The, <laughs> the camp was just as long. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, uh, of uh, maybe teams that don't have a ton of storylines in the preseason, I don't know if you saw this. The Tennessee Titans put out a video of Derrick Henry in a drill. Did you see this? I did not. And the way it was advertised, it was basically the, the number of, of helmets that Derrick Henry breaks and drills is, and they put some emoji like shocking. And then you hit click, you know, click play on the video, and it's Derrick Henry going at about 25% speed, and an assistant coach holding it is a stiff arm drill. He's holding a stick that has a helmet at the end of the stick. And Derrick Henry just pushes it to the ground, not forcefully or anything, and the stick kind of breaks. People responded to that like, this is embarrassing. Take this down. Wow. <laughs> so I guess it's all teams that are searching for, for, for storylines yeah. or something like that. I mean, like you've that. got Cardinals quarterbacks wearing oven mitts in practice. Yeah. Come on, let's just Let's just play football. Kick it off. You can't hold. Drop the puck. <laughs> you can't here's hold a, when you got oven mitts on. Yeah. Here's, here's a cut of Cliff Kingsbury talking about if that uh, the oven mitt thing is new this year and why they're doing it. Uh, yeah, for us. When I was in New England, they would make them like 
tape tennis balls, which I thought was, yeah, a, a bit aggressive. Yeah, just and so if they get an interception, those mitts just get ready because it'll be like they won the Super Bowl. It's like a big, that's a big feat. Is it? Do they wear them only if they've been tugging and grabbing? Pretty much, yeah. We we picked we picked out the culprits that had been egregious, and we just don't want to get guys hurt. You know, um, at this time, it's, we can't be grabbing jerseys and pulling guys down. We need everybody, and so um, just one of those deals to try and get them out of the habit of doing that. It's like a scarlet letter. Well, it, yeah, it, was that a little bit of uh, was that a little bit of disdain for the Patriots? Sort of. It was a bit much, he says. <laughs> well, yeah, right. <laughs> They used to tape tennis balls to their hands. That's that's yeah, that's quite something. Because when 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 you manage what Cliff Kingsbury's philosophy is up against New England, it, there's a big difference. And you could see a guy who's thoroughly a players' coach kind of rolling his eyes. Yeah, that's a bit severe yeah. taping tennis balls to dudes. Well, hands. oven mitts. When I first heard that, I'm like, well, that sounds like something Urban Meyer would do. Yeah. Like, that sounds like a gimmicky, like, weird thing to do in an NFL practice. Yeah, right. You could use it, that's right. Too. That's that, that's exactly right. And and I think I think in that case, it's, you know, uh, it's just. Yes, you're right, Sarah. Urban could have used oven mitts for other situations. <laughs> oh. On a dance floor. Oh. <laughs> I went there. Yeah, you did. Do you know a high school student yeah, with great right. character? We want oh, to hear gosh, about them and help. how they make no, an impact on our help. community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us about them. Text character to 62620 and share their story. What's in it for them? A $10,000 scholarship from Parker & Sons and Arizona Sports. Again, just text character to 62620. Character. Uh, coming up next, another strange aspect of this Cardinals training camp popped up on Friday. The handling of the James Saxon situation. We'll get into the latest on that next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Bickley and Murata. Yeah, he's been placed on administrative leave. I know um, we just released a statement on it, and that's really what I have on it at this time. That was uh, Cliff Kingsbury Friday describing uh, the actions taken by the Arizona Cardinals with running backs coach James Saxon, who yeah. news leaked out, uh, was reported on Thursday night. Josh Weinfuss of ESPN putting it out there that back in May, Saxon had been arrested on a couple of domestic assault charges in Indianapolis. Um so, you know, you start to think about the timing of everything, uh, what the Cardinals knew and when, and, and Cliff Kingsbury actually, uh, he clarified the whole timeline of that. So the arrest for James, we knew when it happened. Yeah, they knew very, what had happened yeah, back yeah, in very May. Very clear about that, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, as the as the story uh, turns out, they knew when it happened, and they looked to the league as, what would you like us to do? And apparently the response was nothing at all. Just wait to see what happens here. Mm-hmm. Um, see how this thing progresses. James Saxon is a 56-year-old man. He's been in the league a long, long time. Played in the league, too. Yeah, he played in the league as well. So I don't know if if, if there are points for experience, for having a, a clean record over X amount of years. But, but this is the kind of thing that really trips up the NFL because, as Mike Florio pointed out, this is kind of proof that public relations drives the NFL's discipline policy. And 
and and for people who point to different levels of discipline for those who play the game and those who are under the shield as coaches and executives and owners, oh, that these are these are the stories that only fuel that perception. Because if you knew about it and, okay, keep coaching, and there was basically the incident involved a woman. It it started at a Costco. Uh, It involved abuse in front of a minor, somebody less than 16 years of Mm -hmm. age. It allegedly allegedly involved pushing this woman into a garage door. It allegedly involved James Saxon saying something to the extent of, well, if you've got your gun, just shoot me now. Sounds like a real messy kind of domestic flip up that got off the rails, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but the Cardinals it, it choose, if the man is arrested for it, the Cardinals choose to effectively ignore it until, unless it becomes public knowledge, which again, confirms that public relations and public opinion fuels this entire policy. Now, how does that relate to Deshaun Watson? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. Public opinion driving their policy. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's, just, it's hard it's, to argue that. Uh, I, I think that thought exists in, in other walks of life as mm-hmm. well, uh, with with people who you know, re, you know, non-athletes, non-NFL personnel, mm-hmm. people in in their own personal lives breaking the law. Yep. Um, you know, uh, I, I think there's a case of that. What, what I can't understand though is. The timing of it now coming out for whatever reason, but how that timing affects the Cardinals. Because now, I mean, we saw it with ASU last year Mm -hmm. uh, when they had to put uh, coaches on leave right before the beginning of the season. That remained a distraction. Players talked about it being a distraction. We didn't know who our coaches were going to be. Right. because you and, certainly you know, have a different voice sparking at you and telling you what to do. Yeah, so it's different. So, so now, you know, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury actually updating everybody on who's doing the running backs coaching. Shump, Donald Shumpert, and then Kenny Bell will assist him with that. Um, you know, is that ideal for for the Cardinals' offense for their continuity going forward? Probably. Not. It would have been easier to make a move back in May, certainly, than it is you know the week before yeah. the, the first preseason. Right. But game. again, you're dealing with professional players, so I mean, I, yeah. I think the the preparation of the football player, I think that's secondary to the to the look of the organization and the look of the NFL, if you will. And again, I'm not I'm not I'm not here to judge James Saxon. There's two sides, three sides to every story. I'm just going by the fact that the, this came out. The Cardinals knew about it, and it wasn't until they knew about it that he was placed on administrative leave. As far as we know, the only thing that's changed since they first found out is that we found out. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Which is just a very odd. Uh, yes, it is because again, it's like if if it if you believed in him enough to not place him on administrative leave, why would this getting out force you to do that? Well, what it sounds like to me is they are operating on instructions from the NFL. Mm-hmm. It, it, it seems to me the Cardinals are making it very clear. Hey, we 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 contacted the NFL when it happened. And they said, sit tight. And we contacted the NFL again when this just got when this broke last week. And they said, put him on leave. Mm-hmm. And that's where they're at. So so I, if that's the case, that's it's more of a reflection on the NFL. And again, more fuel for this selective, weird justice policy they have. Yeah. I mean, people when that incident was reported last week, uh, some people brought up the Darius Phylon situation. Uh, free agent defensive lineman that the Cardinals had brought in and actually were excited about. It was a pretty significant signing. Yeah. During training camp, 
He gets arrested on a gun charge, and it was splashed all over newspapers, websites, headlines everywhere mm-hmm. the morning after it happened. And the Cardinals did you know, wasted absolutely zero time in, in dealing with it. But I think you're right because of the public nature of, of what people knew. Because yeah. that, that, I, I believe those charges were eventually dropped. It did take a while for that process to happen, and Darius Phylon got back in the league. Mm-hmm. But that was a very swift Yep, we're, we're washing our hands of this situation. Yeah, d- exactly. And so, in the, in the case of James Saxon, I mean, it's conceivable that as a, a veteran uh, of his age and his standing in the league could have gone to the Cardinals and say, "Listen, I got arrested for this, but this is not what went down." And, and I'm telling you right that now, this, too? this yeah. is not me. This is not my character. And, the, and they might have said, "Okay, you know what? Let's call the NFL, see what they say." I don't know. It just again, I, I'm, I'm not passing judge, ju- judgment on the person or the case, but I'm just here to say that it, when you when you try to fit these pieces into a coherent puzzle about the NFL and their discipline, there is no coherence. Mm-hmm. But it's also in the same line of reactionary thinking by the Cardinals. Like you know, they put the study clause in Kyler's contract. It universally gets made fun of, and they take out the study clause. It just seems like it's a lot of reaction. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, big picture with all of it, and I know they had an off day yesterday. Mm -hmm. There's not been any negative headlines coming out of Cardinals camp for two days. Oh, (laughs) nothing distracting for two days. Give it time. Yeah, They have the sign on the door. It's been two days since our last negative negative headline. Yeah. Well, it it would behoove this franchise to kind of get some distance between now and their next – (laughs) <laughs> their next digression, if you yeah. will, this we can we can mark this yeah. as the unofficial start to training camp. You'll have a healthy quarterback who doesn't have COVID, who's ready to play and get ready for a preseason game. Although I don't, you know, I, I don't foresee Kyler Murray seeing any action in the first preseason game. Yeah, me neither. Game. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, remember all those Kevin Durant trade rumors? Anything still cooking on those? We'll give you the latest and more NBA next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, ninety-eight seven FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. A couple of Nets notes here as we are less than two months away from the start of NBA training camp. On the Kevin Durant front, a couple of people familiar with the Nets' dynamic and their search of potential trades of Kevin Durant said there was some pessimism, a lot of pessimism, about the idea of a deal getting done in the near future here. And part of that pessimism was about the idea that finding a third team or a fourth team that would help facilitate a trade that the Nets deemed suitable of Durant uh, was difficult. They said there there was not a lot of interest around the league as of last month about teams acting as that third and fourth team. Yeah, but who's the second team? <laughs> it's Ian Begley from SNY, their Nets reporter, updating the situation late last week on, on Kevin Durant. Uh, it's still a situation because we don't have any reporting, Bick, on how Kevin Durant's meeting with Joe Sy. Or if it took place. Or if it took place or if it did take place. How did it go? Did the demands change? Was anything smoothed over? So this will continue to hang in the in the uh, air in a lot of NBA cities, including Phoenix, Arizona, because that's you know the latest of. It's not that late either. 
but what we know is that Kevin Durant has a desire. You've termed it from your uh, the conversations you've had, bordering on an obsession yep. for Kevin Durant yep. to get to Phoenix and play yep. basketball. Yeah, that's that was the word that I was uh, that was thrown at me to describe what they believe Kevin Durant's commitment to Phoenix would be. And if that were the case, then I think that that adds a different dimension to it all. It adds a different dimension in terms how far Kevin Durant is going to go with this thing. And it's it, and there's been no resolution yet. I will say this: the the, the only advancement in the Kevin Durant story is the uh, Instagram pictures that were posted from him working out in Saint Tropez, and he looks he looks more muscular than I've ever seen him in his entire life. I didn't see the videos. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, there were still pictures. Oh, were there? Yeah, uh, and his upper body looks actually big now, defined big. So when you hear football players from coast to coast talk about them being in the greatest shapes of their lives i actually believe it in kevin durant i mean he's he's got some he's got some heft to him now from what i can tell he's added a lot of muscle so i I don't know what that means but it it's you know kevin durant's a lot like aaron Rodgers. you know what i mean kind of likes to get out there and be mysterious and a little vain breaking news Reporter says Kevin Durant's into ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the question. No, you're right. The, 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 kind of the um, defense always up. Defiant. Yeah, the, yeah, a little prickly attitude sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Sarah. Can, can Kevin Durant still be the slim reaper? Is he too big I, for that? I don't know. He's still I mean, very slim. I'm looking at these pictures, but it's you forget like what... NBA players look like compared to normal people. Well, like he's, very, he's very slim compared to like big giant NBA players. But in this picture, like he looks pretty buff compared well, to like he's, a normal person. No, I, I think he's buff compared to who Kevin Durant's been in the past. Kevin Durant has always been skinny, gangly. Yes. That's, remember, part, that's part of what made, has made him so unguardable. Remember the concerns about Kevin Durant after his one year of college basketball? Uh-huh. He yeah. can't do the bench press. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's I remember that. He can't even get it off his chest. How many reps can he? Zero. Yeah, it's, it's, I'd say things have worked out pretty well. But, you know, further. Uh, okay, I see the picture now. Yeah, okay. He looks uh, pretty defined, I yeah. gotta say. Well, so that's motivated yeah. is what that is. Um the the story goes on to say that you know there there's a lot of pessimism as you heard Ian Begley say in that soundbite that this will be dealt with anytime soon I, you know I, I in conversations this week I had somebody ask me what do you, what do you think about the Durant thing when's it going to go down and my stra- answer with a straight face was if he gets traded I think it's going to be next summer okay I, I think especially when it comes to the Suns you know now with their chips. Not all available to them to trade because of the DeAndre Ayton re-signing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really risky proposition to go down and change the entire look of your team in the middle of the season. If you I are, uh, if you're in pursuit of a championship. Now, if if the first half of the season doesn't go very well, I could see the Suns maybe changing course. But we've seen them do that before on a much smaller scale. Sean Marion for Shaquille O'Neal derailed any chance for a championship that year when they were in first place in the Western Conference. It's a it's a slippery slope to go down. So well, float just floating DeAndre Ayton last year might have yes. helped ruin the Suns. Yes. Yeah, listen, I, I, I've got mixed feelings about this. I, I do agree with everything you're saying. It's not something you want to do, but I just I wonder what the dynamics are inside the Phoenix Suns. Because you know Chris Paul at age thirty seven 
after his last two postseasons, I don't think he would go, okay, let's let's wait a year, see how this plays out. I think he'd be in a let's do this right now. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't care when we get him. Get him right now. I think they're exactly right. Because of Chris Paul's age and contract status and all that stuff, he doesn't have the luxury of waiting till next summer to do anything. And the last year's regular season mm-hmm. might show them that like it doesn't matter how well we're doing right now. We have to look towards the playoffs. So if we can improve... No matter what it does to the core of our team, if we right. can improve to give us a better yeah. chance to win, we have to do and, it now. And again, and so if if you're looking at pictures of a supremely motivated Kevin Durant, if you're talking about rumors about him meeting now with Joe Sy, owner of the Nets, if you think about Chris Paul and the urgency he might feel, um, and a guy and Devin Booker working out with Kevin Durant and Chris Paul, former president of the NBA PA, you, you kind of they they know how this thing works. They know how this league works they know the power that Kevin Durant has if he's willing to go to the wall with it and I think he is so uh, it's a lot of the people who've been subscribing and and sort of throwing out don't worry it's a long game the Suns are playing I'm kind of in that camp I I, and I because I think a lot of this is being driven by Devin Booker and Chris Paul and it's going to make it for some a lot of weirdness early on but heck, it's it's to me as risky as it is to jump off a horse in the middle of a stream like the Suns would be doing in the middle of January. Yeah. I, I guess there's certain there there's exceptional people you make exceptions for. Yeah, I, I don't I know. Mean, that he would be one of them. Yeah. And I know in situations like this too, everybody's always looking for clues. Like last week, I was notified that. Uh, Tony Durant, who's Kevin Durant's brother, liked uh-huh. something Phoenix-related on, on social media. Uh, so here I am digging for another clue, Bick. This picture of him working out, uh, shirtless. Yeah. It looks like he's wearing orange shorts. Do you read anything into that? Sweet mother of God. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's kind of a light melon color, really, but it's in the orange family. Oh, it's, it's a clue. clearly a clue. <laughs> it's clearly a clue. We see you. Uh, another uh, NBA note that I thought was funny from over the weekend. You you brought up Mike James, uh, who played here with the Suns for a while. Yeah. Uh, he's one of those guys that floats in and out of the NBA. He's kind of like a European ball legend. Uh, he, he plays a lot over there. But he was on a podcast, and he was asked to give his top five players, and he didn't put Steph Curry in there. And he no. called Steph Curry the way he goes about his business as kind of one-dimensional. And that was, you know, people were like, Okay, there's a criticism. Maybe you don't have him in your top five, but uh, is that accurate? Um, Steph Curry was at a camp, uh, and he was going one-on-one against campers. Did you see this video? Where he, he hits he hits a jumper against a camper, and he calls mm-hmm. game. And then he's talking, uh, I, I guess it was media, but somebody put it out on social media. And they said, you going one-on-one with campers, how's that going to play out for them? And he says, it's going to be bad for all of them. Even though I'm so one-dimensional, oh, and then he just kind of okay. winked and called himself petty and laughed wow. about it. <laughs> wow, you, Mike James, of all people, getting under Steph Curry's skin? Yeah, really? <laughs> wow. Hey, the pettiness is it's it's key to success now in the NBA. And I will yes. say, compared to other all-time great players. Steph Curry is more one-dimensional than a lot of the all-time great players. If, and God forbid this happens, if the Warriors rattle off a couple of more championships Ugh. with Steph Curry playing at an MVP level, which is what it would, which was the case last year, it, there is going to be a change in that debate. 
over where is LeBron, where is KD, oh. how far behind Steph Curry are they? Shuka's <laughs> has one, one more championship, and he passes LeBron for championships. Mm-hmm. But without the all the is, losses, too. If he really is that one-dimensional and people still can't stop him, doesn't that just make him even just, better? Well, it's also – if he's – I'll play along with the argument. He's one dimensional, but it's a dimension we've never seen anybody have it's in the new history dimension. of the NBA. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen, I think he's a phenomenal ball handler, and so that's that's a that's a characteristic. So that that alone invalidates the one dimensional thing. It depends how broad you say dimension is. Yeah. Is the how, one what are dimension your dimensions? Offense. Is it offense and defense? Yeah, right. So what, <laughs> what is it? If he's one dimensional, he's the greatest offensive player. Right. Right. And, that, and then the question becomes, how many dimensions does Mike James have? Then, then <laughs> right, right. Then you, you, start talking about, you start talking about abilities as a teammate, humility, if you get into nuanced um, levels of it all, then, then yeah. Uh, then he's far more than one-dimensional. Whatever. Well, the fact that, I mean, Kevin Durant went there and they had success and won two championships together. The fact that that was easily Steph Curry's team, a championship level team. And he was like, yep, come on, I'll, I'll, I'll ride shotgun. This can be your team. And right. obviously he's still a devastating shooter and scorer. But, you know, Kevin Durant's not the easiest guy to blend into a situation as he's proven. Um, you know, look at the Brooklyn situation. Look at his exit from Oklahoma City when he played with two other young superstars who were up and coming. Um, I don't think Steph Curry gets enough credit for that either. I didn't want to turn this into a Steph Curry commercial. Okay. Here we are. <laughs> coming up next, a former NFL head coach looks at the Kyler Murray situation and that independent study addendum and says, just get off this guy's back already. We'll tell you who said it and what he said next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.